Hello, welcome to the Tuesday, October 2nd, 2018 edition of the Sand Center Storm Center's Stormcast. My name is Johannes Ulrich, and today I'm recording from Honolulu, Hawaii. Facebook published a blog post with a bit more details about which vulnerabilities exactly were exploited in order to gain access to these 50 million accounts that I talked about yesterday. The exploit was a bit more complicated than what I envisioned. So first of all, it all starts out with viewing your own profile as a different user. In this mode, you're supposed to only be able to view your profile, not to make any changes to your profile. However, turns out there was one particular feature, and that's when you upload a video to a user's account to wish them a happy birthday. That was still available, so now you were able to upload a video to your own page while you were using this view as feature. The access token created when you're doing so had two important flaws. First of all, this access token was created for the user that you were impersonating. So that's essentially now how you got access to this user's data by using this access token. But the other problem was that this token was really only supposed to allow you to upload the video, nothing else. Well, in addition, it was actually possible to use that token to use the mobile Facebook app. So this is how the attackers were able to gain access to users' profiles. At this point, Facebook states they're still investigating, so they're still not 100% sure how many accounts were actually affected and what exactly was done with data or what was done to these accounts. Personally, I actually think it's nice of Facebook to provide some details about how these attacks work. Certainly, it doesn't look like a very simple flaw and something that probably took some work to really figure out how to exploit this vulnerability. On the other hand, well, uh, the vulnerable features apparently were made live uh, July 2017, so they're about a year old, so attackers probably had some time to play with them. One thing that tipped off Facebook that something happened was that all of a sudden this view as feature became a lot more popular than it used to be. And that's actually sort of another important lesson here if you can already uh, take lessons at this early stage. But monitoring your application usage is certainly important in order to figure out problems like this. And Adobe released a surprise update for Adobe Acrobat and Reader. This update applies for Windows as well as for the Mac and fixes about 80 different vulnerabilities. Many of them are rated as critical, allowing code execution. No real clue on why Adobe released this update uh, right now. I believe their normal patch Tuesday is coming up a week from today. None of these vulnerabilities appear to be currently exploited and Adobe did assign this a priority rating of two, believing that exploitation is not imminent. So nothing here from Adobe is indicating that you should rush out this patch, just apply your normal patch practice. 
And then we got yet another attempt to try to fix email security. Now, the feature that really needs improving here is Start TLS. Start TLS is sort of an interesting way how you can upgrade an SMTP connection to TLS. But the problem is that this initial negotiation is done in the clear without any integrity protection. And yes, uh, that particular part has been abused by man in the middle boxes just removing that start TLS advertisement. So recently I talked about one project that tries to fix that and that's the Electronic Frontier Foundation's Start TLS Everywhere project. What they're trying to do is build a database of mail servers that do support Start TLS. You could preload that into your mail server or mail client and then make sure that to those particular mail servers you only send emails using TLS. Problem with that, of course, is databases like this don't tend to scale well, easily get out of date. So another approach that was now codified in RFC 8461, tries to find another way to indicate that your mail server is able to deal with start TLS. The basic idea here is to do something like strict transport security that we do in HTTPS. Now with HTTPS, the first time you connect to a website, it does add that strict transport security header. And then going forward, you know, this site only wants you to connect via TLS. Now with email, they're actually doing something a bit more complex. They don't just add an additional header when you're connecting to the mail server. That probably wouldn't work really well because that's just what we're trying to prevent. We're trying to prevent someone from actually removing headers and playing man in the middle with these SMTP connections. Instead, it uses sort of a mix of HTTPS and DNS in order to advertise that your mail server does only use TLS or would like to use only TLS. The standard uses a mix of DNS text records and also files within your well-known directory on a web server in order to communicate to mail transport agents that your mail server would prefer to speak TLS. Interesting standard. We'll have to see how much of it will be implemented. Now, the writers, the authors of the standard are working for Google, Oath, Comcast, and Microsoft. So if it has the backing of these companies, then there is a good chance that this will become something real. Well, and that's it for today. So thanks for listening and talk to you again tomorrow.